<laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Hi, Dell Shores. I thought it was going to be high. <laughs> it's going to be real, real gay because my dog, you know, when a chihuahua starts barking just as you go on the air, yeah. that's real gay. You're that's how you know we're here. On today's show, we have Ted Cruz, Rush Limbaugh, Dolly Parton statue, the Equality Act, some lesbian pirates, Asylum, Brian Sims, the Malcolm Kenyatta in Pennsylvania, that Central Park Karen, the It Gets Better Iguana, a thruple and a baby, an American Idol Speedo guy, and more. Woo! That's Whoa. a lot. You ripped that out. You just <clears throat> ripped it off. How is everyone? How are you? I'm doing okay. I had a good creative day. This is the first week spoken. It's like, it's like, yeah. we, we, we're actually, not having to act. Like, we, we don't have to act. Like, oh my God, how are you, Emerson? I haven't spoken to you. I really haven't spoken to you. Are you okay? Are Fair you to Midland. Fair to Midland. Yeah. Okay. I always thought when I was a kid, I thought fair to Midland. Because uh -huh. I grew up, you know, Clayton. Halfway to Odessa is fair to Midland. Midland, Odessa. I thought that it was exclusive to Winners, Texas. Fair to Midland was just our expression. That's when one of those, like, circuses comes and plants by the highway between Odessa and Midland. Y'all that fair to Midland? That's where we were. Fair to Midland. Uh, I, you okay? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I, yeah. I'm fine. It's, it's been a sloggy week. The Malaysi feeling is real. Seems like everybody else is doing all right, too. I mean, it's a Friday. This one feels like a Friday. I'm, like, glad it is. I like Fridays. I, like Fridays. I enjoy Fridays because I like drag race. There's always yes. a, little, you know, a little fun uh, time there. Yes. Um, I got some edibles yesterday. I ordered them. You do it before Drag Race? Yes, I take them right before Drag Race. It just makes the show even even more glamorous and fabulous. So by the runway, are you sort of like, oh, look at that? I'm, I'm thinking, oh, now I have to take a provigil to stay awake or drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> to the end of the episode. You're like, well, if you're not watching Untacked, you're only getting 127, 128 of the story. Mm -hmm. We we need to see them cry and fight. Yes. Uh, uh, everybody, I know we've got a lot of y'all in Texas. Is it, How is everyone down there? Uh, before we get into the, some of the nonsense, you know, as y'all know, my family's in Texas. My brother didn't have power for three days, but he had elsewhere to go. My parents are fine. Um, but all of our Texas friends, everybody all right? I have a lot of, you know, as you know, I have a lot of students in my acting classes, my writing classes. And so uh, Monday night, it, you know, it started to go and internet was bad. It was just like half a class because I have a lot of Dallas folks. And then uh, it started uh, all through the week. I started hearing things and our good friend, Nancy, uh, uh, we used to say this all the time, go wrap your pipes. I didn't know what that meant, you know, to go, daddy's got to go wrap the pipes. But uh, oh, yes. yeah, but hers, yeah. hers, hers burst and it is awful her whole house was flooded and you know these images and um it's it, 30 30 something people already passed passed away because of this it's just really sad um and 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 one of those things that i guess you just don't, you, you know that everybody's fighting about whose fault of it whose fault it is but you know you and i grew up in texas when did this ever happen well and also like it is important the, the why this happened, how the Texas power grid works, what they allowed companies to do is important to deal with after everyone's okay. You know, yeah. it's like one, like laughing at memes while people are still struggling and in pain. This isn't the time for that. And the blame game doesn't matter until everyone has food and running water and is warm enough again. In fact, I was looking, I've been looking through the week, you know, those of us that are other places that want to help, there are a lot of organizations doing on the ground work. Um, I found five that I donated to in Dallas. That's where my family is. There are organizations all over Texas that you can contribute to if you want to. And also two of these, the Genesis Women's Shelter and Our Friends Place, both work with women uh, getting out of domestic violence, women who need housing, and they had pipes burst. And so they can't house the people they normally house. You know. Human Impact, the North Texas Food Bank, uh, and the Bridge are doing real world right now, delivering hot meals and making food available. But there's a bunch of organizations that do year-round work that have had damage who also need help. So if you've got some time or some funds, um, look for organizations that you can 
uh, contribute to. I put the ones I helped out in the bottom if that's useful to anybody. But there's a lot of recovery work to be done as we get out of this too. Yes, so, I mean, you know, my um, my brother is in San Antonio, and I'm sure you saw that big apartment building just up. And just it was they were interviewing this woman today, and I don't know why. You know, I a lot of you don't know this, and I think you know this about me. But when I was in high school, our, our house burned. So for me, there's something just so. Uh, emotional when I see anybody losing and this woman is talking about just she said everything I have is up there and it, and as they're interviewing her that building just started collapsing and it was just horrifying um, so there's just a lot of people that are in, in 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 need right now so thank you for putting all that up I appreciate it I will get um, and relatedly let's talk about this man. Yeah. He's I so mean, honestly, my favorite part of it is that he thought he could get away with this. Like, I don't fault Heidi and those group texts where she was telling people, we don't have power and it's cold and we want to go on a trip. If you've got money and you can go somewhere else, no judgment. But that he thought he could go to Mexico for four days and no one would find out is jaw-droppingly stupid for a man who cares only about power and perception you know and 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 immediately started spinning and lying started spinning and lying to, to the degree that the, the lie happened at the airport the first lie saying it was always always my intent to come back you know because you you have to escort your children and your grown wife uh, to Mexico, you know, in that uh, 24 hours, he was going to have a lot of wardrobe changes. Uh, uh -huh. well, now, the, no judgment. I have packed like that for a 12 hour trip. So I'm not assuming anything based on the luggage. Uh, but that change of that plane ticket in the morning and thinking people can't see uh, ticketing services. You know who works in ticketing? Gays. Black women, women of color, people of color, and white ladies that are friends with all of those groups. Yes. So, um, so, so yes, that, that was stupid. And then, and then immediately started, uh, you know, retracting and saying it was afforded and he was going to work there and bleh, oh, he's just so full of shit. Just so full of shit. I just tweeted all day long at him yesterday, just, just for fun. And then throwing his daughters under the bus, like my children, my young daughters said, daddy, we just have to get to Mexico. You know, it's and huge, like a 12 year old, the tween set. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like, I mean, but from a guy who let Donald Trump call his wife ugly and his father, you know, potentially an assassin or whatever, I guess it's not surprising. My favorite response though was from, uh, was from fellow Texan, Casey Musgrave. She said this first, makes cruising for a bruise and tease, donates profits to Texans in need. Then she said, hold on, link coming soon. Don't run off anywhere. And then she fully did release the t-shirt. Texas is cold, I can be cold. I think it's up to like half a million dollars and she's gonna donate the profits just like AOC is doing, but O'Rourke's been on the phone with everyone in the world. But I love shade for a good cause. Oh, I do too. I love shade. Uh, period. And, and you know, I, I, I said, and I, I do believe this, here's how to be a good dad. It's not to escape. It's actually to lead by example and show people how you can help the people who elected you. And I said to him in a tweet, I said, and if you don't know how to do that, please just go, ask Beto O'Rourke. Just yeah. you know, ask, the, ask the guy who barely lost the election to you. Yeah. Um, I just put the link for Casey's shirts if you want to cruise in for a bruise and tea in the chat. But yeah, the effortlessness, right, with which Beto O'Rourke, who is not currently an elected official, used his power and his platform to start phone banks and phone trees to check on people that live alone, to like send warming vans and buses around to pick up people. You know, the power that Ted Cruz has, even if you can't control the power grid in this moment, but man, can you lead by example rather than literally running away. And and let's not forget, AOC also raised a bunch of money, took it right down there. Yeah. Um, uh, Rob did, wanted to know, did Ted answer you? He has not answered me. He has not answered me at all. Here's the other thing about this, and I know we have to move on because we have so much to talk about, but I think it's hysterical 
that their friends that Heidi yes. tweeted to sold them out with the tweets to the New York Times. It's yeah. like, that is not a good friend. Also, like, if you're the well, but that's the problem, right? When you're the kind of person Ted Cruz is, you're friends with people like yourself. Also, hint that I saw from someone say earlier today, if you're the only person dropping information in the group chat and someone's being suspiciously quiet, you should worry about that person. You know, right. group threads should be, we all go down with the ship. You know, if this gets out, everyone's in trouble. Right. But I didn't even I didn't even mind the content of that. Look, people complaining about the circumstances. My brother was fortunate he had someone else's apartment to go to that had power. Like there's varying levels of do what you need to do. Ted's the elected official. If he'd put his wife and daughters on a plane and sent them somewhere warm and he was making phone calls, I would have had no judgment. Great. Let your family be elsewhere and work for your constituents. Sure. But poor Snowflake. But you know, you know what would have solved this problem. My, our friend Stuart pointed out, just get a little private ride down there. You, you Him going through and taking the policeman to escort him through and, you know. Well, also, I mean, at least it shows that Ted Cruz is not on the grift because seeing his name on that business select upgrade list, I was like, you are just taking that government paycheck. That's all you got. Yeah, maybe so. Um, right. he'll, he'll have a book deal at some point. Um, in, in other fun things, Dolly Parton has announced she does not want that statue in Tennessee yet. No, not till I pass, she said. Not till I pass. I love her so much. I love her. I, I actually tweeted class act, and then I tweeted Ted Cruz ass act. Yes. <laughs> oh, ass act. That's what I perform for Blake at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, yours is a good ass act. His yeah. is an ass act. But, um, um, but I I loved it because it made me think of what you say about Lifetime Achievement Awards. My life is not over. That's right. That she like, said, I, when I go, be, be fine, just do it. You know, I, right now I don't need it. Also, I feel like it's it's biblical. No, no graven images, no false idols. Because Lord, I'd be worshiping. If you put Dolly Parton in a church somewhere, I'd certainly go drop my coin and light a candle there. Well, I said it in one of my shows. In my home, it was the it wasn't the Trinity. It was the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and Dolly Parton. Correct. We love Dolly. Um, and all right, we asked on Friday, y'all. Is anyone giving up anything for Lent? I have decided I'm not. I've given up enough. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not giving up anything. We did do Tuesday Night Mardi Gras, though. The Princess and the Frog is Blake's favorite Disney movie. We literally have, like, Princess Tiana potholders. I get it, but, you know, I'd have to get up. So we, he made full gumbo. We put Mardi Gras masks on the Christmas tree that's still up so it could be a Mardi Gras tree. Gumbo and watch Princess and the Frog listening to, like, New Orleans jazz on the ASMR. We did a little clean. That just warms my heart. Uh, I could also, but, you know, I can't eat anything spicier than salt, y'all. So like getting down a bowl of his gumbo, I was like sweating like it was a hundred degrees. Yeah. So Rob, not giving up anything. Nothing. Just nothing. Fuck just it. Nothing. Fuck it. We I don't want to give up anything. Done oh. enough. Michael said, it seems like we've all given up a year already. Yeah. I think that's good. I think, Michael, I'm with you. We've given up enough. I um also yeah. wait, Ken said, I'm giving up concerts and Broadway shows. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm doing that. I'm giving up income. A lot of it. Blair, I gave up Cancun for Lent. Uh, Robert, I gave up lentils for Lent. Y'all, I don't have anything left to give up. There's just nothing. I'm giving nothing. up radical Republican acquaintances for Lent or maybe forever. Oh, I, that's no. a good one. Aren't I like that one? Sure. Um, before we go on to uh, more news, I want to say uh, happy birthday to Lori Papadopoulos, who is our friend happy from birthday. Yes, it's my brother's birthday today, too. He's 65. He got his oh, vaccine. Happy birthday, uh, Dexton. Yeah, Dexton. Dexton Shores, 65 years old. I called him. He's he's now a rabid uh, Democrat, and I called him as if I were calling from the Ted Cruz um, headquarters, uh, wishing him a happy birthday for all the constituents, and he thought that was not exactly funny. Oh, um, my God. Be like, look, he, he's come a long way, but, you know, don't push too hard. So, all right. Well, y'all, we've got some wonderful news. Rush Limbaugh died. Uh, I, 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 I don't care. Come for me. Come for me. Uh, I put this tweet up and uh, nobody came for me. Everybody was celebrating. Uh, so of all the 
many, many examples of bigotry that this asshole uh, spewed over the years on his radio. People uh, brought back up that he used to do. Now, this is true. He used to do an AIDS update on his show, reportedly listing off all the names of gay men who had died of the virus and then playing disco music in the background, including I'll never love this way again. That's what a asshole he was. That was that's what a horrible human being he was. So when that Lauren, what's her name, wants to fly a, a flag half mask asking Joe Biden, no, we are not going to do that. He got that presidential medal and that was so stupid. So I hope uh, they buried him with it. I do too. I hope that he took that right with him, clawed it, clawed in his little nasty, grimy hand. Uh, the uh, the Iowa Cedar Gazette said the AIDS update is as everything I do, politically oriented and based upon my reaction. This is what he, this is one of his uh, uh, quotes based upon my reaction to what I consider to be extremism in the political mainstream by a group of people. He said that his targets is not AIDS victims but militant homosexuals. Ooh, that, that'd be me, who blame church and government uh, official for the epidemic, a practice he finds outrageous. It's a behaviorally spread disease, and they attempt to absolve themselves of any responsibility for the action they've taken, then suggest people who disgrace them with uh, be banned from television like Andy Rooney. So the AIDS update is meant to offend them. Damn right. Um you know, there was also something else that I, I, I was very, I really loved that um, uh, uh, Chaston, uh, he, 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 he tweeted a picture of, because Rush had many times said that he hated seeing uh, Mayor Pete and Chaston. Oh, there you have the picture. I love it. Uh, so he, he acknowledged, uh, he said that the, the last time, that they should not be kissing in public, how disgusting it was. So Chaston on, uh, posted this picture. That's all he did. The moment, uh, the moment Rush died. And uh, my favorite thing was Dana Bash came in and said, that's what you call subtweeting. That's yeah. what the kids call subtweeting. And what I love about that, you know, in all of our, you know, cause I hate like when someone dies, you get to have a real accounting of the activities of their life. Um, and glad, sad, whatever, his own words, the own, his, the own words that he has said over many, many decades on the radio about marginalized people, about black people, about women, about LGBTQ people, like happy, sad, whatever, his own words held up as a mirror against the life that he lived are enough to convict him, you know? I mean, the, the Michael J. Fox clip that was just going rampant over where he was saying that he was faking Parkinson's disease, that the, the clip of him uh, saying, uh, the, the, let's look at the kids in the White House. And then he showed a dog first before he showed a 13 year old Chelsea Clinton. He was a horrible human being. So I. It, <laughs> I like this. Were the poppers named after Rush or Rush named after the poppers? For our non-gay men in attendance, Rush is the brand name for poppers. Uh, so that's how that joke works. And that picture that I uh, tweeted with me flipping off the the, the drive, that's, that's in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. That's his hometown. And I was teaching that week at uh, his alma mater, but he only com completed two semesters of college. Yeah. Yep. You're like, mm, that Betty Davis quote stands best. Yes. Rush Limbaugh is dead. It's not supposed to speak ill of the dead. I heard that Rush Limbaugh is dead. Good. Yes. Um. All right. Moving on from him quickly, because the faster he fades from anyone's memory, the better. Uh, in genuinely exciting news, yesterday, out representative David Cicilline introduced the Equality Act to the House of Representatives. Passed in 2019, but failed in the Senate. The House vote will take place next week. They're also working around Biden, the COVID-19 relief package, so that could shift a little bit. For those who don't know the specifics, it would amend civil rights law that exists, the Civil Rights Act of 64, the Fair Housing Act of 68, to ban discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Employment, housing, credit, public accommodations, education, and more. And would also make clear that that bullshit Religious Freedom Restoration Act does not provide legal cover for anti-LGBTQ discrimination. Passage of the Equality Act would make it much harder for future courts or presidents to undo bans on discrimination. 
Senator Jeff Merkley has planned to introduce it in the Senate. And it's one of the goals. Biden had said this is a goal for the first 100 days. So at least with the majority, we should be able to get it taken up. And as long as Joe Manchin or someone doesn't do nonsense on this like he's doing today uh, on Senate hearings, um, maybe we will have the opportunity to get it passed and have a blanket federal legislation on this. But don't they, Emerson, correct me if I'm wrong, but was I hearing that they need 60 votes in the Senate for this it, or, or is it just a majority? Uh, I am not. I don't have the specifics here. Was somebody somebody in the House in the House? Y'all look that up, because I thought that there might be a little bit of a caveat there that if 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 uh, if it were needed, that they really need to go for. Well, some. you should be able to drag eight Republicans across an equality line. It should you? And also it's negotiation stuff. It can be used like, we'll vote for you on this if you give us this on this other bill. But uh, it is a priority. It's clear the administration is pushing it. Um, so once again, up to bat. So that's good. All right. And we, um, in, um, in some British news, in some British news, uh-huh. um, in, uh, I think I told you, Emerson, when I was a kid, we had uh, a newscaster that was Spanish in Laredo, Texas. His name was Hugo Alcocer. And he would go, Saigon. And then he would do a, a, a story about Saigon, but he would always enough. So I go, London, an eight foot statue of lesbian pirates, Bonnie and Mary Reed has gone up in the UK. And this, this uh, statue was created by Amanda Cotton, displayed in London and set for a permanent home on uh, Berg Island in the South UK. There they are. Uh, she said it was designed to celebrate the lesbian pirates personalities through the metaphor of fire and earth. But locals were outraged when Paris, what's that? Ice, fire and ice. What did I say? Oh, no, you did, you, it is earth, sorry. I just assumed. Oh, well. Um, uh, but, but, okay, so locals, let me get back on this horse. Uh, locals were outraged with uh, the Paris Council voting against it this week. But okay, but it's not what you think. It's not it's because not. of homophobia, and it, it's it's not anti-gay. It's anti-pirates. Uh, they were horrified at this, this at celebrating pirates. Some thought a fisherman's wife uh, would be uh, more appropriate, even if it were you know a lesbian uh, fisherman's wife. Yes. So local Michelle Knight Waite said. I'm also a big fan of the tale of these two legendary pirates. Pirates, however, I feel I feel that the statue will distract from the I can't do it the historical side. It brings nothing of value. the The statue seems to be a very patriarchal view of two skinny women with holes cut out. I really don't get it. On top of that, the statue itself does not depict the energy of the two female pirates in any way. They are just dressed as men uh, and, and powerful, and were powerful sailors. So you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't uh, agree with uh, Michelle Knight. Wait, <laughs> I'm upset. I just found it hysterical that it's like one. It's like they dressed as men and were powerful pirates. So there's like a feminism reason to object to it. There's a like we don't want to celebrate pirates because we're a fisherman's village that like they would have raided once upon a time. But now I desperately want the like Netflix, even if it's a mini series about these lesbian pirates. Like I know. Pirates of the Caribbean, Lesbos edition. I would love that so much. These two women who dressed as men and like rode their boats around, stealing from people. Stealing, stealing. I think we could have uh, some other uh, statues of butt pirates. That's what I'm well, thinking. Well, I mean, that is the much more common gay pirate we're familiar with. Lesbian, like, it's Mary, wait, what were their names? Mary and, uh, Anne, Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed and the Butt Pirates. It's like the two lesbians and their gays on a boat. I wonder where that, that term Butt Pirates, uh, well, came. What? I don't know. It seems to imply a lack of consent, like you're in there without permission. Like, is it Butt Pirates are just, he's just a Butt Pirate. You know I how we always love that phrase. Yeah. I do too. And you know how we've reclaimed queer and we, I'm just going to reclaim. I, how do you identify Delshus? I am a butt pirate. Uh-huh. And my pronouns are I and matey. <laughs> I'm a butt pirate. Oh, we've gone off the silly rails. So have- John says butt pirate uh, originated in the Navy. Oh, John knows everything. Do you know that John is like, like a wealth just, of information? I just want the super queer pirate show. Yeah. Get some 
gays, lesbians, some trans people, just have a big old rainbow boat, you know, riding the seas. Oh wait, oh, we got a long one from art. Etymology, butt plus pirate term is believed to have originated from the fact that pirates search for treasure in inconspicuous locations. Ooh. I start calling my butthole inconspicuous location. And I will just call it my treasure. Your treasure trove. <laughs> that seems like a Middle English lady's reference to her like virginity. <gasps> I must keep my treasure from being plundered. There's definitely some novels where that has been written. Oh, I'm so glad we don't have any censorship on this show. <laughs> I know, you know, it's all, yes, we, we say, we're not getting paid. We say what we want. Um, I am obsessed with lesbian pirates. I just want Julie Goldman in a pirate outfit. <laughs> Julie Goldman and, and Kate McKinnon. Reunite yeah. them. Reunite Kate, them. I want Kate to have like flowing long blonde and Julie just as Julie. You know, in and her butch self. Julie's the meaner one. She's just mean. Do y'all? Uh, I said reunite them for a little trivia here. Who knows where Kate McKinnon and uh, Julie Goldman? What do they star in together? You I see. do. I do. I know. And also, like the Navy talking about semen. You know, like, like I'm sorry. The war of war on the water is a little bit gay, inherently. I just, you know, I told you I just binge Sex in the City. Boy, that one Navy episode, they got a lot of semen jokes out of it. Uh, you're just Fleet Week and all that. Uh, Sail the Seven Seamen. We all want to, you want to tell them this one, your answer what? to your oh. question? Oh, do they? It was the, the big gay sketch show on Logo, one, one of the very first. Uh, uh, logo shows was yes. that's where Kate McKinnon was with Julie Goldman. The more you know. Um, all right. In serious news, I found this story a couple of weeks ago and have been finding waiting to put a, put a place for it. Talking about asylum and immigration, because that's certainly in our news this week. A Pakistani man in 2003 was arrested for having sex with another man. He fled to Scotland, got a one year work visa and then applied to stay and filed for asylum. He was ordered to leave the country 16 years later in 2019, but the Court of Sessions has ordered it to be reconsidered. He sought safe haven on the ground that he was homosexual and he would face a real risk of per persecution in Pakistan where he returned. When he was arrested originally in Pakistan, he was beaten in a police station, criminally charged, and only escaped when a policeman was bribed by a friend. He returned home, was disowned, and was doc when it was documented in the newspaper and had nowhere to go. And this was the piece I wanted to really reiterate when we talk about immigration and asylum. He sold a kidney to raise the funds to travel where he could safely settle. Now certainly you can live with only one kidney, but it is not a casual operation. This man sold a kidney to have the funds to leave his country. That's why when we talk about asylum, no one's pouring into our countries just for some kind of free ride. And it's important this week as we talk about two things that happened, one good and one bad from the Biden administration. They've been, they introduced an immigration plan, the US Citizenship Act of 2021, that includes positive things, a shorter process to legal status for agricultural workers and DACA recipients, an eight year, an eight year concrete pathway to citizenship for the 11 million undocumented people who live here, money for four years, to work on corruption, security, and prosperity in migrant communities, and a plan to create processing centers in Central America. The flip side is one of the things they said before the uh, election was that they would that what ICE does in our country is terrible. The way they treat people, the way they find people, the way they deport people, the actions they use. So the the belief was that they would disband ICE, that they would stop ICE to deportations. And this week they put out new guidelines that has really angered the immigrant community advocates for undocumented people. A lot of LGBTQ people are in that category. So a good and bad week for this administration on immigration and asylum, which particularly affects many people in our community and people in our community that are people of color. And that is how and why they got here. So we have to stay attentive to what is a really complicated issue, but does have to keep being talked about. Mm. <laughs> So I know not, but like, you know, we, it goes back to that holding this administration accountable as we celebrate the victories, but also the things that aren't good, that we don't play a sycophantic role that we watched many people play for the last administration. And we challenge them when they do things that aren't in the best interest of our communities. Amen. 
So on that serious note, we've reached the halfway point. We are so grateful that so many of you join us on Tuesdays and Fridays for this show. Please share the broadcast if you haven't. The more we grow, the better we do, the more likely we are to keep doing it. Uh, but if you enjoyed and have some dollars you would like to share, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinsshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Leanne, who has already contributed. It is in the ticker at the bottom. No pressure. But if you have some spare money and you've given to everyone you can think of, we'll take it. You gave to Texas. You gave to Texas, then give to Texans. There you go. I know. Well, look, I gave $100 to five different organizations, but it's went between them, y'all. I don't have much money. It was $20 a piece to those organizations I put below. So if you contribute to me, you're just refilling my the story <laughs> yeah. that I gave out to other people. Uh, uh, good. We appreciate those who give and those who can't. We uh, It is so fine. Yes, please just share our broadcast and keep us going. Um, we we want to keep introducing uh, out candidates to you. Yes. Uh, and so we've talked a, a lot about Brian Sims, who has a crazy great voice. Uh, I, I don't mean how he sounds. I mean what he says uh, and has been doing uh, this uh, as as in Pennsylvania legislature. And he, he is like just fearless. I love him this week. He announced that he's running for lieutenant governor in 2022. He said in his launch video, my time in the Pennsylvania legislature has taught me a lot about not only how Pennsylvania government works, but a lot about how it doesn't. I think it's time for me to take what I've learned in the house and to be able to bring that leadership to the direct service of the governor. And he's very handsome as to boot, but just smart, just so yep. smart and so articulate. I, I just love him. So there's, there's, if you want to donate to him, uh, please do. And um, then in other news, just yesterday, uh, this, this news is so recent. Emerson had to send me a revised outline. Update. Uh, I'll stay on top of it, y'all. You are. You're just like, you know, it's just spitting out of that AP wire. Emerson is they're just tearing it off and putting it into our outline. So Malcolm Kenyatta announced he's running for the Senate seat to replace Pat Toomey and will face Democratic front runner and Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, uh, who announced earlier this month he is also running. It's expected to be a very competitive race and primary. So uh, here is his uh, donation. Uh, and... If y'all remember, he was one of the ones who was in the keynote, one of the out people represented in the keynote at the DNC this year. Um, and he is definitely entering a what will be a heavy field because he's running against the Democratic lieutenant governor that's moved, that's trying for this seat. Uh, that is why Brian Sims is running for that now open seat. So incredible representation in Pennsylvania. The Republicans, they're awful. That's where, of course, Dr. Rachel Levine is. It's moving up at the Health and Human Services Department, Assistant Secretary. So lots of incredible out leaders in Pennsylvania doing great work. Um, we've talked about them before and we want to excitedly support and celebrate them heading into elections that are next year. Already, already, on, they're already on it. Already I mean, on. Like, and also that matters, you know, getting out first, right? Getting, getting up front, getting, getting big announcements, start raising that money. Uh, but also impressive just to see. This is uh, Kenyatta's second term. Brian's been in the Pennsylvania House since 2012. Uh, so really great representation for our community and leaders in their communities. Absolutely. All right. All right. I um, was rolling on through. Oh, up next. Okay. Y'all remember last year we told the story of what who, the Amy Cooper, who became known as the Central Park Karen, uh, correct, but I want to say her real name because like that's the important piece, right? She was the one uh, that Christian Cooper, the out gay black man who was the bird watcher that they had a confrontation in the park about her dog being off her leash and he recorded the video and it showed her calling 911, screaming hysterically about an African-American man threatening my life, uh, but you could clearly see him standing far away doing nothing, weaponizing him being a black man in the park um, and the big conversation that happened around that and how dangerous encounters with police can be for black people in our country. Um, well, this past week, uh, those charges against her were dropped. Uh, she was charged with a third degree falsely reporting an incident. 
Prosecutors in Manhattan asked a judge to dismiss the charges, saying she had completed five sessions in therapy designed for introspection and progress, and that psychoeducation about racial equality is woven into each therapy session to prompt an understand and reflection. She didn't say anything at the hearing. She was fired last year from her investment banking job. She has had real world impact from this. And a reminder that Christian last year said he thought that she had had enough, that he bringing her more misery seems like piling on, because he wanted to focus on the underlying issues that have plagued this city and country for centuries. He wasn't really letting her off the hook. His point was, it is larger than this. This is representative of an issue black people face. Um, but really interesting that she lost that job, but there will be no further consequences. And weaponizing the police against a black man as a white woman triggers, you know, Medgar Evers, like so many historical issues of white women using black men as boogeymen that is central to this conversation when we've been having for the last year about being anti-racist. And I watched as like, it was incredibly frustrating for a vast number of black people to see it feel like she got off of what was the appropriate charge, you know, false reporting was the correct. And, you know, historically, historically, so there are so many, um, so many cases. I mean, Tulsa comes to mind, Mississippi comes to mind where there were just lynchings when it was, you know, false accusations uh, by, by white men uh, about their white women or white women about black men. And, um, you know, taking it all into their own hands, and and it, it's it's been horrific. So it it was very very serious, and boy, I'd hate to have anything that I did that high profile. Right, uh, and also, you know, there's certainly a range of right of racist actions as we talk about systemic racism and microaggressions, and like the difference between like a small microaggression that builds up for black people and a situation like this where your actual actions, your, you know, your, your actions, not your like racist joke you made, not a shitty thing you did. You, she put this man's life in danger. If they showed up thinking that there is a violent black man aggressive towards a person, that's not a passive report, you know, and to be to create that kind of lie uh, to play on a trope, that is so extreme in the list of like things that we have talked about. Um, so I understand why people are upset. And when we work at being anti-racist, it's not, it's changing casual mindsets that we all have, casual patterns we may all engage in, things we benefit from. This is actively aggressively playing on a dangerous racist trope uh, to put this man's life in danger. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I was gonna say, I wish her well, I wish her reform. I hope that she does something good in her life to, to counter uh, what, what yeah. happened. Um, and uh, all right. Yes, Kelly, she did. She did lose her job. She did lose her job. Yes, she did. So that she has certainly experienced real world impact. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's been, she's had some punishment. So, all right. Well, um, I don't know how many of y'all saw Dan Levy the other uh, day host SNL. And I thought he was fantastic. Uh, but there was one of the digital uh, shorts that was a spoof on the It Gets Better campaign. It starred all the outcast of uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, Kate McKinnon. Bowen Yang and Punky Johnson uh, talking about how some issues do not necessarily get better. And it cracked me up because it made us think of our dear friend, Sarah Hunley, who was obsessed by the fact that she thought we were lying when we said, because it doesn't always get better, she said. Uh, to me. Yeah, to you. To, uh, so they mentioned income taxes, online bullying uh, from gay Twitter and an iguana that was terrorizing Kate McKinnon throughout the fake ad. Uh, now, the It Gets Better campaign, founded through, uh, you know, a decade ago by Dan Savage, uh, has, uh, is, he's using it for fundraising. They are selling a new limited edition iguana pin inspired by the sketch. The description says, here at the It Gets Better project, we're here to support you every step of your identity journey, unless it involves pur purchasing a live iguana, and we have no idea how to help. Uh, all the proceeds will benefit the It Gets Better mission to empower and inspire LGBTQ plus young people throughout the, through storytelling. 
Uh, so there you go. You just go to itgetsbetter.org and you can get you yourself an iguana pen. I loved this sketch made me so happy for a thousand reasons. One, Dan as the host was fantastic. How are we not all in love with him and what he's creating in the world? Um, but two, that there are enough outcast members for them to do mm. a joke about our community that's not punching down. It's like funny because that's it's it gets better has done such great work. Those videos were so important, but there is a funny after effect of like, you know, it's not better all the time. You know, the joke of like coming out just is the beginning of a new journey. And to make that joke in a smart way about real things, how we like bully each other for opinions about pop stars, paying taxes is hard. And then this random joke about an iguana and to see Bo and Yang and Punky and Kate and Dan is all out performers in the ad about something about our computer, our community. Was I stare at my computer? I just love that so much. It just felt like such good progress and such a good joke and a fun spirited joke. Just everything about it won for me. And now it gets better as making money off of it. Win, win, win. Somebody could have taken it wrong. Somebody could have said, oh, you're making fun of something that is so important. And, you know, get right. and Dan, I love Dan Savage so much. He said, you know, let's just make money. Let's, let's. I'm going to say, like, if you go, if you're looking for a problem if you find it there. Because that's yeah. the, the point was simply, like, life is still hard. That was the joke. Like, it gets better. Like, we do want to talk it. But, like, life is still hard. Yes, it is. Just saying. Like, there's some moments. You will have moments. Uh, all right. Uh, this next one, you know, we talked to the other show about that terrible bigoted preacher out of Nigeria. Uh, and I wanted to share a balancing story that's also from Nigeria. Breathe, the, this first, there's a photo here that's a little difficult to look at, but the story works out well. So I just wanted to warn you before I uh, pop this up. Those are both him. Um, Nigerian man, Kolawole Solomon Igintola, seen in both photos on the left, shared the left photo last September saying he had leukemia with the caption, I've been sick for the past nine months. I was hospitalized and the doctor confirmed I had leukemia blood cancer. And now they have to place me on chemotherapy, which will cost about two and a half million in their currency, which I don't know what to do or where to get it because I can't eat or even move out of bed. Please, my people, I really need help right now. Well, on the right is Nigerian social media influencer, Bob Risky. She's trans. She stepped in to pay the almost $6,000 for the treatment. Uh, she has over three and, a half, three and a half million Instagram followers. And so he posted the follow-up photo on the right uh, last month, showing the dramatic difference in improvement as a result of the treatment uh, and thanked her for her generosity, saying, God bless you always. So just, you know, because that's not our community, of course, there. I don't I want to share that there are vibrant, great things happening in the community in Nigeria, despite the the laws there and what an inspiration for her uh to see him on instagram and reach out to help because she had the ability to do i just love the success stories um even while facing uh bigotry and persecution um so i just thought it was a nice balance uh to that shitty story we had to share the other day yeah, yeah. compassion it, it does it really does warm your heart to, to hear um, people who care like that and, and for for someone that just touches you that you don't know and the flip side of course being like i hate sharing our medical stories here now like that because like we should have medical systems that don't require the generosity of a stranger to keep someone from dying medicare for all let's do that don't get me started emerson i told you about my trying to call insurance company and doctors to figure out how much this surgery is going to cost me to replace my shoulder. And yes. within an hour, it was from one time it was 20,000 and then it's going to be 1400. And then I'm like, what? So uh, yeah, like our tax code and our medicine bills, like it sh you should not need a professional to like navigate your medical insurance and yeah. you shouldn't have to worry at any point that you won't be able to afford it. It just should be baseline. I don't understand. Like, first of all, let's do that. Those people working at doctor's offices and, and billing and, and, and insurance companies, they should have the answers rather than, I'm not sure. Yes. Not sure. And you also, know? no one should be stuck in a job that they only are working because of the insurance it affords them. Like, everything about our culture and our society would be better if people could just trust that when they get sick, someone would take care of it. Mm. Okay. And I'm very fortunate. To, I mean, I am fortunate, oh, I have, you know, uh, 
Perhaps you can sell sorted merchandise from your hospital room. <laughs> well, I, I hawk it everywhere else. Wait, <laughs> and people do want to know: Did you get did you get it figured out? I did get it figured out. Thank you for asking, Rob. Uh, it, it turned out that I my doctor is in my network, and all I have to do is pay my hospital deductible, and it's going to cost me fourteen hundred dollars to have my shoulder replaced. So that is the I do have very good insurance with the writer's guild. But like Tony uh, said, it's like. You know, yeah. you need these significant surgeries and then have to worry about who's going to pay for it or like be stuck with this debt for the rest of your life. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to fall down the rabbit hole, but I just, it's you know, okay. I, y'all know, I try to be the reasonable one on most things. I try to be, but I just don't understand. It's the one issue I don't get. I don't get how everyone. Wait, I saw that. I saw you. I try to be the reasonable. Or what you say that I'm the unreasonable one? Is that yeah. what No, I'm kidding. No, that wasn't a personal attack. But if that shoe fits, honey, wear that heel. Okay, well, all right. Let me let me let me see if I can put this on and squeeze my big fat foot in it. Okay. Uh and uh y'all, I love a good thruple story. I do. I'm I'm you know, I, I want to put it out there. I am to be I'm looking to be that third. I'm looking to be that third. I, I, I have a feeling it's not gonna happen because I the demographic is usually two older gay guys who get this young guy to come in to their relationship. So I would have to be if I'm the you know, young guy, it's going to be. <laughs> there are couples in Palm Springs where you would still be the young one. Set your sight. You can, I believe in you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Emerson, for that. You that know, Carl answer. and Carl, but, you know, but our friends. Put it out there, y'all. Uh, uh, I'm willing. I'm willing. Uh, and so in 2017, three gay men made history when they became the first throuple to be all listed as fathers on their dad's, uh, uh, on their child's, I'm sorry, birth certificate. Uh, one of the men, Ian G Jenkins, is a San Diego doctor and the university uh, and a university uh, professor. And he's now written a book about the journey called Three Men and a Baby. Uh, he and Alan uh, Mayfield have been together 17 years and they opened up their relationship to Jeremy uh, Alan Hodges. I bet that do you think Jeremy's in the middle? Do we know which one's who? I'll, uh, you go on and I'll find out real quick. Okay. I don't want to make an assumption based on age. No, no. They have two kids. Piper is three and Parker is 18 months. How adorable are they? With surrogacy, you have to have a court order uh, on who uh, are, are going to be the legal parents. And after initial resistance, a California court ruled them all able to be Piper's birth uh, on birth, uh, her birth certificate to the kids. They are known as Dada, Papa and Daddy. Uh, they've talked recently about how important it is uh, because of pension and health insurance, which we were just talking about with their three jobs. Uh, when people commit on their relate comment on their relationship, um, Ian says many parents long for another partner, more love, more help with the kids. We just went out and made it happen. <laughs> so uh, three three dads and a baby will be published in March. Also, I love that, like, we say all the time it takes a village. Well, they're just having sex with the whole village. That's all. They're good. Good for them. And they're, 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 it's a it's hot, no different a hot than a commune. Um, their account is really cute. Yeah, I'll put it up again. You can follow them and the journey of them. It's three dads and a baby on Instagram. But because it's always all of them, I can't tell which is which, uh, and, which name goes with which of the gentlemen. And I want y'all, you know, I want to clarify this whole thruple quest that I'm on. I don't want any more kids. I'm done. I, I'm good with my daughters. They're they're grown. So I it would it would no. I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't want to be roped in. Oh, Dale's raised two kids. Let's bring him in. No. Um, I love that they answered the question of what do they call them? Because I feel like, you know, that's a conversation all the time of like, who's dad? Who's daddy? Who's papa? Who's, uh, what do we call them? They are very cute. I was Now I'm just stuck scrolling their handsome Instagram. So you can find more if you want. Um, but I'm not sure. Three, three, uh, three dads and a baby? Three dads and a baby. All the underscore between every word. Um, yeah, I can't tell. And now I'll just take it up the show. But go scroll. Have a little look you'll and find. I just enjoyed the story. Um, and I feel like there's also a, sometimes a misperception, right, of like poly people um, or that it's like throuples just for sex. And I, hearing them talk about that, you know, thinking about their work and pension and healthcare and all those kinds of things that like the birth certificate really did matter. The story did say like, you know, it was complicated with the judge explaining um, all of that. And I think they probably had to convince them 
that yeah. this is about a, a real thing. So, oh, stop. Somebody pitched a thruple for you. Oh, my God. I don't That's like what you, you call I, a hate fuck. I don't like you, Douglas. I just don't like you at all. <laughs> we're, we're done, Douglas. We're done. That's all. That is, I'm so sorry. That is I, the I need, I need that to be repitched. Somebody come up with a better thruple that I can't I can't leave this show today thinking of that that horror. Uh, that's like a that's like another that's like a genre of movie I don't even go to. Horror. That's like a horror movie. That's a horror. That's when horror. people say it with only one word. I'd like a horror movie, but not a horror movie. Now, so you'd be like, how about Dustin Lance Black and Tom Daly? You know, let's yeah, I would, I would, I would, without even any negotiation, I would say yes. You would not turn down that Evite. I just am imagining invitations to guest star with a couple on an Evite. Oh, Bitsy. Oh, is Bitsy, did Bitsy, Bitsy have a Okay, so Sissy started crying, wanting to come up here and be part of the show. Bitsy is in a chair next to her and growled at her. Like, no, bitch, I'm in line. So this yeah. is. Yeah. Is... Sissy said, no. She said, I'm the third. It's <laughs> You already have a thruple of chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Brian Sims, Emmanuel Macron, and Dell. Yeah. Oh, so there. So yeah. there. Um, all right. And this next one. Is anybody watching American Idol? I did I did not I gave up long before even the reboot personally. Um ooh, Lori, Lori, I, I just got a little half chub. Imagine Ricky Martin, Cheyenne Jackson, and Dell. I'm in. I'm in. I am so in. Cheyenne's husband, Jason. New York Broadway boy. That's I know, that, but that's so wrong. See, there's wrong, that's wrong, Lori. You can't pitch that because that you'd have to break Cheyenne and Jason up. I, well, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you know, you could, uh, but I'm sure Jason would get approval over the activity. Now, if Jason and Cheyenne said, Ricky and Dell, come on in, then we could, it's like a, a, right. a, a, a quartet couple. Aggressively positive consent got, uh, obtained before. Anderson Cooper, Tate, and Dell. Okay, Tate, there you go. Very happen, Tate. This, um, just somebody tweet Anderson Cooper. Tate, go ahead and tweet Anderson. Say, you know, I don't know about your business, but I was just wondering <laughs> if you'd be interested in our thruple situation. Just he's he's obsessed with Leslie Jordan. Just make sure you drop oh, that that's name. Right. Just yes. drop that name. Say Dell is one of Leslie's uh, good friends. Good, his dearest, friend. longest running friends. He knew Dale when he was striped. As Leslie often says, I knew Dale when he was striped. I didn't even know. I'm giving Idol a shot this season. First one was okay. Well, I want to share about, and not the one everybody else is talking about. I want to share a fun one. Um, there was a model who showed up in a Speedo with his own parody uh, lyrics written. And I want everyone to hear, uh, hear or see this particular audition. Uh, here we go. Maybe. It's painful. Oh. oh, no. Can you hear it? No. There it is. That day with a big dream and a speedo. I was modeling for Fashion Week only to stroke my ego. But I just want to sing because it is my dream. I'll do whatever it takes with a smile to be American Idol. It's not about money. I'm just tired of walking the runway. I don't want to be objectified. Music gets me electrified. Yeah, people think I only have a six pack, zero talent, just a really nice. People look at my butt. I'm a singer now, so keep your eyes shut. People like me for my. Okay, that's enough. You get it. Um, he doesn't want to be objectified. He doesn't want to be objectified, yet he's in a Speedo on American Idol. I mean, I there's a tongue in cheek, so to speak, of that that I appreciate. However, I don't know that you can sing the lyrics. I don't want to be objectified. People think I only have a six pack, zero talent, just a really nice. And I believe the bleeped words were big dick because that completes the rhyme. Um, if you don't then demonstrate that you have talent. Yeah, he did not. I mean, he is very pleasant to look at. It worked for him. It got him on the show. I actually checked into him further. His name is uh, Mario Adrian. Adrian Mario, I may have had it backwards. Um, 
He has 565,000 YouTube followers and he has an OnlyFans. He's even in a bromosexual relationship of sorts with another YouTuber. So I think it did for him exactly what he wanted it to. Um, I seems there is some self-awareness in the lyrics. Um, I don't think I would have leaned into the like, people say I don't have talent quite so hard if you're not gonna be good at what you're doing. Um, but see, and he did a catwalk off with Katy Perry and the other judges afterward. Ken said yeah. that was hilarious. That was. Um, art at, or demonstrate that he has a big dick. Well, he does have an OnlyFans. I was not willing to pay for the content to find out what's there, but it is available. Um, but as I am one prone to putting out in too much Speedo content, I'm not judging because he knew what he was doing. Everyone else knew what they were doing. And I thought it was a far more delightful than the other audition on the on the first episode that I didn't even watch that everyone talked about. I did watch it. What did you think? We're talking about Claudia Conway. Jordan Claudia Conway's daughter. Um, I kind of like, I, I didn't, there were, I was conflicted because I feel bad for that kid. And I just felt like it was such an attempt to rebrand both George and Martha. I mean, uh, uh, Kelly, uh, you know, uh, here we, you know, Claudia posts all these screaming videos of Kelly and Conway and says the dad abused her and yet they're there and being what is looked at, it looks like they're being good parents to the, I just don't, I, I don't want to be a part of the rehabilitation tour. I just don't. Right. Well, it's also, you know, certainly she, the stuff she's posted, the allegations she's posted are alarming. She is 16 years old. And if that's what's happening there, that's incredibly difficult and damaging and, you know, to be involved in, but even separate from Claudia and the complicated issues there, Kellyanne Conway was the biggest advocate and mouthpiece, daily lying all the way up to like inventing the alternative facts concepts, those stupid white pieces of paper. Like she doesn't get to like he, he, he on Dancing with the Stars like Sean Spicer. Like I am not okay with giving any other cultural weight to the people that actively lied and supported the message of the administration. I'm not talking about somebody's assistant at State Department. I'm talking about the people that stood out front, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Kellyanne Conway, Sean Spicer, like the people who knowingly lied for the last administration do not deserve to be like he, he, he laughed at in the cultural mechanisms. And then there's another part of me that doesn't want to hold it against the kid because of the parents' crimes. Um, she was better than I anticipated. I will say that. Was she good? Um, that's different than what you just said. I inconsistent. I thought maybe there's a possibility for for uh, something there uh, without auto tune. Well, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, but it's also but and like so even there, like great, you want to do that? Let her talk. But like the producers of that show made a choice to provide the platform to Kelly and George. Uh, that's different from giving the daughter an opportunity and playing on it. Your reality, yeah. There's gross things about reality TV, right? We plumb people's stories for tears and waterworks and emotion, and that's part of the story. Uh, but it is an additional choice to provide them the platform to be like, oh, shucks, my daughter. Mm -hmm. Y'all know I love some reality TV, but like as Zana said, they are not forgiven. I love it. And I love the periods after every word. It's one of my favorite things to do on um, Twitter. Before we wrap up, Jacob had some more. Leslie Odom. I assume that was Leslie. Oh, Leslie Odom. Odette. I think, I think oh, he needs peanut oh, and Odette. Annette Barnett and Leslie Jordan. Now that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Dale Dickey smoking in the corner. I don't want to think about you and Leslie Jordan having carnal relations. Stop. That just bring oh. up my lunch. I've, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm still on Ricky Martin. I'm still Ricky Martin, Ricky Martin, yes. Ricky Martin, Cheyenne Jackson, yes. Cheyenne Jackson, Ricky Martin, yes. Ricky Martin. Correct. Well, y'all, we've reached the end. We do appreciate if you choose to give tips. Uh, you can thank you, Kelly, who just did. Uh, you can send us on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. I always ask, does anyone have fun weekend plans? You've got teaching and whatnot, right? Anything beyond the go drag race, gonna get stoned tonight, gonna get me some edibles going. Mm -hmm. Uh gonna watch uh Promising Young Woman also. Good uh, for you. Did, yeah. did you see it? No, I told you I can't watch these dramas. I'm not. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you can't. I just no. I'm still on my like. I'm watching a 19 a German TV series set in the late 1920s. That's what that we're right now. It's called Babylon Berlin. It's so fun. It's like Weimar Germany. There's like this under they this episode. They were just at like this underground queer bar with like a trans performer on the stage and like gays and lipstick and flapper dresses. I have I cannot deal with like mock current modern drama. My emotional well being just can't handle it. Um, Ken did say last night's Call Me Cat Cheyenne dressed as a cowboy dancing on the bar. So Leslie is getting an eyeful of that Cheyenne Jackson. I have not seen that episode yet. Uh, uh, to answer their question, yes, uh, Claudia, uh, Claudia did get a golden ticket. Uh, 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 Zoe's playlist. Just a quick comment for Dell. I massaged Cheyenne Jackson years ago here in Dallas. Let's just say he was a super sweet guy. Jolene, that makes Aww. me so happy and so jealous. Like, that man, that voice, those thighs. I mean, just anyway. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm loving him on the show too. I think he's a really good actor. I, I he, 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 this is the right genre for him. He's so he's he's very very good in this role. If we ever sell ten thousand TV shows, do you know who Jeanette McDonald and Nelson Eddy are? They were big musical. They made a bunch of musicals together in like the thirties and forties. They were a big power. Oh, yes, Jeanette McDonald. Yes, of course. Yes. Um. Well, her other big, her big leading man was Nelson Eddy, and they like had an on and off again affair basically their whole life while they were married to other people, and then bought apartments at the end of their life that connected. I de I desperately want that series starring Cheyenne Jackson and Laura Benanti. Oh, well, look at you. I don't. Anyway, y'all. Uh, Rob asked, I find these shows on Netflix. We've been binge watching foreign shows because it makes me put my phone down because I have to read the subtitles. All right, y'all. Take care of yourselves. Be gentle to each other. Uh, do something that makes you happy, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, and stay warm, y'all, in the, in the Texas, yeah. Oklahoma, all my friends down there. Love you guys. Absolutely.